Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to Why Always Us with me, James Regal. And me, Jane McDonald. How's it going, James? Good to see you again. Yeah, you too, mate. You too. It's, uh, it's good, but it's also really hot. It is so hot. Uh, but thankfully, we've not taken our shirts off yet. We are remaining fully clothed with our faces close to the fan. We are. We are remaining fully clothed. Please do not try and imagine us with our shirts off. Honestly, it's, it's just not worth yeah, your disgusting. time. And your no, no, I no, mean, no. if you do, just imagine... You know, I've got an amazing six pack mm. and I look like an Adonis, but the reality is is sadly far. Mm. More donuts than Adonis, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, Jamie, you're, you're sporty. I know the hairdresser's been over for a while, but I just, I've just realised not only is your hair marvellously floppy, but you're wearing an Alice band. I am. I, yes. I literally just noticed a really? Alice band. I've yeah. got it the same colour of my as my hair to sort of, uh, you know, not make it so obvious. But in these, you know, it's Europe. No one gives a toss. You know, if it was if we were doing this in England, people would give me so much abuse, you know, but we're in Spain and it's like, you know, it's a European thing to do, man. You know? Yeah, it's practically compulsory. like a Wally, isn't it? <laughs> um, but on the subject of hair, this brings us to some exciting news because we've yeah. actually got a sponsor. Oh, for your alcohol problem. Ah, thank God at last. Uh, no, sadly not. Um, I'm still dealing with that lonely and depressed. Um, no, we've got we've got someone who's actually sponsored the podcast, uh, nice. and I realise yeah, your hair reminded because uh, it's an amazing product. Um, I use it myself, Jamie. I'm going to give you some of this to use as well. Uh, it's from Natural Barber Company, um, and this is their hairstyling product, which uses no synthetics, petrochemicals, or other harmful ingredients that can irritate sensitive skin. So it's completely mm-hmm. all natural. So we can feel good about ourselves for for having a, a really right on sponsor that cares absolutely about the environment mm. um yeah they've got two products at the moment they've got the zeus product which Ooh. is for sort of shiny finish mm-hmm. uh, and the hades which is more for matte um not people called matt <laughs> as in yeah, not just you matt if you're listening mm. this one's just for you um and it's great now, honestly so i do use it a lot and where it really helps me is where I'm sort of playing sport or it's just hot outside and you're sweating. You know, like often it gets, it drips in your eyes and oh, it just yes. burns like a, Awful. yeah, this stuff, because it's not got any chemicals, you just don't have that problem. It's, it's a really good product. Okay. Even the Tottenham legend, Gareth Bale, in a recent interview said that it was his go-to hair product. Wow. And I know how much of a fan of Gareth Bale you are, Jamie. Yeah, well, um, you know, certainly his hairstyles aren't so terrible. I think that's the most positive thing I could say about Gareth Bale. Okay, well, there you go. Um, but it's not just good for us to have a sponsor, it's good for you guys to listen to because they've very, very kindly offered uh, listeners to our podcast 25% off Ooh. any order online with included free next day delivery in the UK. Hey, that's pretty good. It is pretty good. So if you want to have a nice barnet like Jamie and Gareth Bale and myself, uh, go to naturalbarber.co and enter the promo code ALWAYSUS25, and that's it. All right. 
So thanks Natural Barber Company for sponsoring the show. Yeah, thanks guys. I hope we didn't muller your ad read too much. <laughs> but, you know, this is all new territory. Yeah. Um, good, good pitch, man. I think it was well, well done. Thank you've me. got it. You've got a future in advertising. I feel James. Wicked. Lucky I don't already work in marketing, mm, isn't it? Thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so look, who have we got on this week? Uh, we've got some uh, Grimsby Town fans. That well-known footballing behemoth. Yeah, I mean, one might ask, why Grimsby Town? And one might answer, I'm not really sure, <laughs> to be honest. Could you point to Grimsby on the map, James, if I, if I got it up? Uh, I can now because I had to Google it the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a Southern softie. I know nothing of UK geography outside uh, north of Watford. Mm. I knew it was in the northeast. Um, I didn't realise how close it was to Scunthorpe. But yeah, I knew it's a big fishing town uh, on the mouth of the Humber River, I believe. It is, yes. I definitely didn't Google that either. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, you know, we, I felt you know, we've spoken to a couple of Premier League clubs already, mm. QPR, quite a big club. But I, you know, wanted, this show's about really tapping into all levels of football. Uh, and it just so happens we've got a couple of amazing guests that agreed to be on the show who are yeah. Grimsby born and bred and big Grimsby fans. So yeah, yeah. What do you know about Grimsby? Well, Put me I on the of, spot. What do you? I kind of mentioned it in mentioned it in the show. Um, that well, should we say that we we have already done the show or like who's coming up on the show? God, it's really bad that I've done this now. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie, don't, don't, don't give your inner monologue live. I'm not editing this out, by the way. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie. Yeah, so he's ruined the magic. But we do record this <laughs> intro after we do the show. I don't know why. It's just easier this yeah. way. Um, but you had some weird connection with Grimsby yeah. Town. But the question really is, why not? Yeah, exactly. We want to make sure, you know, want people to know that everybody is welcome to come on this show and rant about whatever it is they want to rant about, particularly the times that your club has been done over by the footballing gods. That's and a- Grimsby, it turns out, are, are no different. Exactly. That's a good point as well, Jamie. You've just reminded me is that if you're listening to this and you don't support the teams that we've covered and you want to rant or you've got some injustices that about your club that you still have a bone to pick with mm. then you know feel free to email to the show and suggest them or just get in touch with us on twitter on uh, what uh, wah, 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 <laughs> on at us pod uh, that in as well that yeah i'm keeping that in for sure it's all staying in it's all gold um so yeah so i think that's enough of us dribbling on for a bit mm-hmm. uh let's crack into it <laughs> guys, welcome very much uh, to the show. Thanks for coming. Uh, we've got Lloyd Griffith and Bill Brewster. Hello, guys. Hi there. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, that's, 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 it's our pleasure. Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, the mighty Grimsby town. But before we do, uh, just quick kind of intros for you both. So Lloyd, uh, I think a lot of people listening will know you from your videos of Premier League fan reactions. Yeah, I mean, the pretty seasoned TV presenter, stand-up comedian, and of course, where it all started, compare of the XC University rag <laughs> fashion show, um, where, where we boils down to. Yeah, we always knew you were destined for greatness from that very moment. Was that when we first met? I think we were, we were aware of each other, but you you were dancing that one, eh? Uh, yeah, best. Maybe I shouldn't have brought that up, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was performing dance routines uh, at university. Yeah, you were, you were comparing it. I think we had sort of some mutual friends. We met once or twice, and we met properly through that. 
Yeah. So, that was that was that was really my first foray into presenting. Um, the rag fashion show, probably like, I don't know what, a couple of thousand people in the big, um, in the great hall where people were doing dancing fashion shows and stuff like that. And then me and the lad called Fred, it was Freddie, Freddie, Freddie Norton, wasn't it? Um, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was genuinely, like, X University was my first kind of foray into, uh, into doing any kind of like, live presenting work. And I guess, well, not the rest is history because it's not as fun like James Corden, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. from- and I, I mean, from that to now, you know, I've seen you presenting stuff on BBC, driving footballers around, you've been on Sky with Jamie Redknapp, you've been on Soccer AM, obviously. Yeah. I mean, how did, how did you go from sort of stand-up comedy into this sort of, sort of football world, I suppose? It weirdly came from kind of Grimsby Town. Um, I, um, I started doing comedy and then at the same time, social media and online content became a thing. And one of my friends, or a mutual friend of ours, Jack Johnson had started working at the club and he kind of revolutionised the way the club was doing online content. And I just went to him with a few ideas. You know, we had this a football at the time called Lionel John Lewis and there was a, a chant, his name is a shop, his name is a sharp, Lionel John Lewis, his name is a shop. So I um, just kind of came up with the idea and, you know, put money myself behind it, got a casting crew together to do a jokey um, uh, John Lewis Christmas advert, the one where there was a, a little kid with a penguin um, and we kind of roped in Lionel John Lewis to be underneath a Christmas tree with a bow on his head. That subsequently went viral, um, as you know, as viral as it could, it could have done back in those days, 2015, I think it was. And then uh, me and Jack did a few more videos uh, with the club, which kind of like helped me get a, a name for myself just doing football stuff. So already I started doing comedy stuff and and then from there on in, I did my, I was doing my Premier League fan reactions, which I still do to this day on, on my channel, on, on YouTube. And, and then kind of like just spiraled out from then. And I was doing comedy, I was promoting my show, went on Soccer AM. Soccer AM then basically said, look, do you fancy coming on and hosting the show, which was a, a you know, surreal moment, you know, an absolute, an absolute dream. And then, yeah, it's kind of all, all taken off from there, really. So it's, um, but it does, it does go, come from, you know, doing, uh, Grimsby Town stuff. It's, I still get like there are certain um, platforms online, and uh, the fishy is one of them, uh, where basically people go, "I oh, only he's only famous because he supports Grimsby Town," and it just makes me laugh the fact that they almost think that's a criteria for any job interview. Look, it's all going really well, but can we just have, do you support Grimsby Town? Yes, I do. Then you've got the job. Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on. Come on, so yeah, so it's um, it's, it's it's all weird how it all works, but you know, Grimsby is definitely the, like the focal point of all the stuff I've done in the past and continue to do. Yeah, it's been amazing, like just just seeing kind of you from from that fashion show we talked about to where you are now. It's it's quite amazing, and uh, and Bill, I mean, Bill, you, you barely need an introduction, but Bill, you know, he's a famous music historian, a best-selling author, co-wrote the amazing book Last Night and DJ Saved My Life current DJ, although not so much right now because everyone's shut down all the clubs, which we just talked about before we started recording. So I won't make you dwell on that. Uh, and something I didn't know is also is, is an esteemed football writer for, for many years as well, right Bill? Uh, yeah, I mean that, that was my break in, in journalism really, was um, when Saturday Comes had a, an advert for a job for a slave in uh, late 1987 and I applied for that job. Uh, at the time, I was at college nearby. Uh, their office was just near um, Farringdon Road, and I was at college at Polytechnic of North London. And 
I, I applied for this job and I think they like the idea, oddly, since Lloyd has just been talking about Grimsby Town, but I think they like the fact I supported Grimsby Town because the two guys that were running it supported Everton and Chelsea and I think because it was such an egalitarian magazine, they quite like the idea of having someone who supported a, a bit more of an underdog team. Um, so I started working there for free uh, for about two years and then I was supposed to go away to France as part of my degree so I dropped out and concentrated on the magazine and then kind of never went back so uh, we, we, we did a trip to Albania in in March 1989 and um, we, we made up lots of stories about repression in Albania and we got a lot of publicity on News at 10 and things like that and the magazine doubled in circulation in the space of a few months so that kind of really helped the magazine take off. It kind of went from a circulation of about eight or 9,000 to 20,000 in about three months. So, so uh, yeah, that was my kind of break as a writer, really. Cool. And then you guys, you said you used to, you still still do record a podcast together? Uh, we used to. We haven't done it for ages. I get, um, when did we last do it? I can't oh, I remember. You could probably look on the um, on, on the on the Apple podcast platform, but like, I think maybe three years ago. So I was aware of Bill because, so my mum went to school with Bill's sister. Um, and then, uh, and didn't you live on the same road as Jane as well, Bill? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived next door to her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was really weird how like Grimsby is a small, is a small town, but mum always like talked of this character, Bill Brewster, and he's written a book and mum has the book and, and stuff like that and he's a DJ and stuff like that and then all of a sudden we kind of like cross paths and because you were doing stuff with uh, John Tonda for Radio Humberside weren't you like doing co-commentary and stuff with yeah 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 and then I and then I gave John um, Lloyd's number as well and Lloyd started doing it yeah well. so Bill and I do co-commentary for BBC Radio Humberside every now and then we then kind of like chatted about doing a podcast we did it with another chap called Tom Farmery who's a uh, journalist for uh, and uh, yeah, kind of like the the, the, the we call it the cod pod, and it did it did really it did really well. Do you know what I mean? And but it, it was just the three of us, obviously me being a you know a jobbing comic going all around the country, Bill DJing all around the world, and you know Tom hacking into phones. It was like it was quite hard for us to all be in the same room at the same time. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was good fun, and it happened just at the at the time where we were in the the, the non league years, like almost like the shit years, but. I really enjoyed those years and they were kind of like, they gave us a lot of, it was a lot of fruit to pick um, from those kind of like four or five years of just talking about going to Ebbsfleet away. And so we, we were the Manchester United of non-league football and that kind of was a, quite a nice change from being the Grimsby town of the football league. Yeah, did you have a lot of fans in Surrey? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, there was a few. There was a few. There was a few. But um, what was what's amazing about supporting Grimsby as well is our away following is insane. Like really, is insane. Now you know, if you go, especially especially in the non-league days, you know, even even like football league days. And Bill, you have more of a memory of this. But like like in in the football uh, in the in the in the in the national league days, conference days, we'd we'd pack out. I think it was because the fact that the stadiums and stadia are a lot smaller. You were just literally fill a stadium so like we went to, i remember alfreton on easter monday i think in 2015 or 16 and it was like i think we were like 70 percent of the crowd at an away game like it was unbelievable people on the roofs and stuff and then when you go to something like barnet 
Barnet was so far away from Grimsby. I mean, it's, like a, it's a good three, four hour, you know, if you're in a coach, a lot of people do it on the coach or in a bus, minibus, it's a good four hour journey. And we take like two and a half, three thousand people to Barnet and like inflatables, mariachi bands. It was, um, it, it, is, it is amazing. So I've, you know, fair play to, especially all the Grimsby Town fans, away games, I absolutely adore. Sometimes home games can be quite dull. And uh, Grimsby Town fans get quite bored if we're not like falling a lot by 20 minutes. Grimsby Town fans, you can hear it on the radio. This is boring, do you know what I mean? Um, but uh, away games, oh my God, absolutely magic, absolutely magic. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll be the first to admit I know very little about the place Grimsby. I know roughly where it is on the map. I know even less about the football club, which is it's so great to have you guys on, so I'm really looking forward to learning. Jamie, you, you have a bit of a connection to Grimsby? To yeah, so my, my, pa- my grandparents lived in Lincolnshire um, in okay. North Summercoats, which is kind of... Oh, I know North Summercoats, yeah, yeah. yeah that's far. So many a summer I was sort of uh, exiled to, uh, to the sort of that area, part of the world, and I uh, sort of would go to Cleethorpes and Mablethorpe and those sorts of areas. So I, and I, I understand, I, I sort of found out that in Cleethorpes, you actually play in Cleethorpes. You don't actually play in Grimsby, you play in Cleethorpes. Well, that was like the, that that was the biggest quiz question for years. It's like, what's the only home team in the Football League that plays all their games away? And it was, in theory, Grimsby, because we play in Cleethorpes. But it's like Grimsby and Cleethorpes, and so, some people agree, some people disagree. I'm not sure where you stand on this, Bill, but like, Grimsby and Cleethorpes is very much the same kind of thing. Like, it's separated by a row. It's, it's one town, but for some um, historical anomaly, it's got two names. But it's, um, it's, it's amazing, like, because, like, Cleethorpes is a gorgeous little, you know, like, like seaside town. So that's actually where I'm doing this from now. My mum's got a guest house and stuff. And then Grimsby, you know, is more like the, the workhorse, kind of like the, the, the factories and the town centre and stuff. But it was, yeah, we used to play all of our... Um, uh, like all of our games were played at Cleethorpe, so in theory they were all away. And Cleethorpe Town actually play their games in, in Grimsby. Oh, they used to. I think they've actually moved to Cleethorpe now. Though, actually, they definitely are in Cleethorpe. So I'll, I'll show up nicely. This, this is exactly the kind of a football trivia that this podcast is opening up to exactly. <laughs> my brain to. Um, so look, why don't we why don't we get into it then, guys? So you know, obviously, what we're really here to do is is to talk about all the times that as Grimsby fans you felt the injustices of football that your club's been fucked over, basically. So um, we've asked you, like we do all our guests, to pick a top three, but we'll, we'll go through uh, the other, the hall of shame, uh, if there's any more afterwards, if you want. Um, so I think, yeah, without further ado, let's, let's hear the first one. Bill, do you want to kick this off? Because you, you probably, I don't know where you're, where's yours, where your start. <laughs> uh, it, we, I, I, this is actually mentioning that fishy thing. Um, the year we got relegated from the league, um, we, we were terrible. I mean, we deserved to go down. We, we uh, were really, really useless. But we had, a, we had a little sort of spurt towards the end of the season where it looked like we might avoid relegation. We suddenly started winning games and being a little bit more competitive. And it all came down to the last game of the season, which we had to win. And we had to hope results went our way elsewhere. I think it was Barnet that needed to. If Barnet drew or lost and we won, we'd stay up. Anyway, we, we were playing at Burton Albion. And uh, we sold out, as Lloyd says, we've got really good away uh, um, following. We sold out our away allocation. But I thought, fuck it, I've got to go to this game. Um, so I drove up there on my own. Um, and 
I went in the home end because I had no other way of getting in. I kind of ambled around outside hoping there might be someone with a spare ticket, but there was nothing happening. So I went in the home end um, and watched us get absolutely hammered. And while everybody around me is jumping around and cheering and we lost three nil, I think, and we got relegated. So that I wouldn't have described it as an injustice exactly. It was just a really, really awful day of football, watching us slide out of the football league for the first time in our history in such an ignominious way. And also being in the home end just really robbed my nose in the fact that we were, you know, it was just didn't have anything to play for as well, did they? They were just, it was just an, another game for them. Is that right? Or I, yeah. But yeah, they didn't have anything to play yeah. for at all. They didn't have any. And it was obvious that when I was stood in that stand, there were quite a lot of Grimsby fans in there because there really? were, there were probably three quarters to, you know, seven eights that were running around and jumping when they scored. And then the others like me just kind of stood glumly looking at the pitch. So that's, that's the second one. That, 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 that day, the Burton game, I, I wasn't there. Um, I was actually, I was at university, but um, it was, it was pretty shit. A lot of the Grimsby town fans, they went on the rampage, just took apart the Burton stadium. And it was just anger, frustration of, of however many years of shit management. And this kind of, this goes to my kind of first one, really. And I kind of thought about this quite a lot. There's a few little game situations. I'm going to talk about the um, playoff final in a minute where we got absolutely done over by an absolutely dog shit referee who still referees and they still, it's just appalling. But the, the, I've got a problem with the way that our club is run. And I'm like, it's, it, there's a there's a majority shareholder who um, is 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 has stepped down. So he's basically he's been the chairman since he took over. When he took over, and I think I'm right in saying this, we were second in the championship. Sunderland were first. We were second in the championship. And as we Bill and I have both pointed out, you know, we went into the conference. And I think it was that was it that five nil defeat to Braintree, which was like the lowest. Like ever of our like football in football in history, we lost five 0 to Braintree on like a Tuesday night, and then I think we were like eighth bottom of the conference. So like, luckily we came up from then, and but that was like it was awful. And we've had it was the same. It was the same person, you know, that, was, that took over in I want to say two thousand and one, two thousand and two. That basically yeah, that right. charged now. Now recently he stepped down, and he's now not the chairman, but he's still the majority shareholder. He's still the person that has the say. I'm just baffled that the man is still in charge of this football club. And the reason, you know, there's people that will stand up to, to this, stand up for him to this day and be like, well, if it wasn't for him, where would we be? And I don't think that's a good enough argument because where we are is where we are. And we're now, you know, in, in League Two football, which is, you know, good. And we've got in Holloway here, which is great until ultimately those two fall out. Um, and that is the thing that happens. Like, he's been in charge. He's such an Alan Partridge character. But he's been, he's been in charge for, for, for a long time. And if this was a, you know, we are, this is a PLC, but if this was a FTSE 100 company and he was in charge, of it, he'd have been thrown out. Like the board would have voted him out by now. He's gone through so many managers. He's made really bad calls with managers in the past. You know, like we talked about, Bill talked about kind of the year that we went down. And was it Neil Woods in charge? No, it was Nicky Laws, wasn't it, in charge? Um, well, I think we, we had... Did we have two or three managers that season? Yeah. So we had, you know, people like Paul Groves, 
we, we, we made a series of managerial appointments that were seen as the cheap option. And, you know, this chairman, whilst he has put in a fair bit of money over the years, you know, it's, 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 it's so frustrating watching someone just take the team that you love and just not look after it, not look after it. And we had one of our greatest managers that we've had in recent years, Paul Hurst, who left Grimsby. Um, and one of the reasons he left Grimsby was because he, once he got Grimsby promoted, so he came into Grimsby when we were in the conference, built a team of, you know, players that some of us had heard of, some of us hadn't heard of, and became like, it was a great team. But, you know, we got to the, we got to the playoff semifinals, was it twice in a row? And then we got to the playoffs uh, finals twice in a row. So, you know, it, it was constantly, we were just always knocking on that door. And then he finally did it. And, you know, when we got promoted into the Football League, he asked for a few things. said, look, any chance I can have um, a, uh, was it a fitness coach? He basically wanted a, fit, a fitness coach. Um, and said, look, we need, you know, we're in League Two. If we've not got a much bigger enough budget, you know, to, to be able to kind of, by huge players, what I want to do is try and get these guys as fit as they can be. Uh, and it was declined, like you know, he said, "Oh no, that's you know, no, it's no, well, this is this is our budget, and this is." And then he left. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he, another job came up at Shrewsbury, and he went, and he went and did an amazing job at Shrewsbury. They went on to Ipswich, and you know, didn't necessarily happen for him there, but just small things every single season happen, and you just. Year after year, you know what I mean? We just find these snakes and ladders. I mean, we'll, we'll have a few really good uh, months, maybe a season, and then it'll all just come stumbling down because of decisions made at the top. Now, I'm fully aware that, you know, if he listens to this, he's not, you know, he's going to be pissed off with me, but it just, it just does my head in. It just absolutely does my head in. I've got a few, few you know, I've become mates with a few of the players over the years, and there's one player that we had, and um, he was our top goal scorer. He was our top goal scorer. For, for, for the year that we got promoted. And he was absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And he basically, once we got promoted to the Football League, asked for a pay rise. And this isn't Premier League money. Like, we're talking, he wanted, I think he wanted 150 quid extra a week. Do you know what I mean? We've just been promoted to the Football League. And also as well, side note, that the, 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 the fans had done this thing called Operation Promotion, where we'd helped raise £110,000 collateral to help put money in for wages and put money in for a new player. I think we bought Omar Bogle as a result. Omar Bogle and uh, Porak Hammond, between the two of them, scored like 50 goals You know that, that season. Uh, we then subsequently sold Omar Bogle for a profit of about a million pounds. Um, but at the end of that season... Um, where we put in £110,000, the majority shareholder took out, we think, £150,000 to £200,000. So it's just, the, 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 what was offered to that striker was an extra £50 a week and a one-year extension on his contract. Whereas Hartlepool came in and said, we'll give you an extra 200 quid a week and you can have a two or three-year contract. So he's obviously going to go there. And it's just constantly decisions like this there's one ongoing at the moment where I think we're about to lose one of our star players from the last certainly six months because our chairman won't agree to a little pay rise or a, a two-year extension. And I know we're in a, a, a world, you know, a world crisis at the moment, and we're trying to make, make cost cuts and stuff like that. But it's just, it's just, I just feel that had we had other people in charge, 
we wouldn't have been in the conference. Do you know what I mean? We would probably be League One, League Two footballers, and you know, it's just um, it's just a shit show. And uh, you know, he constantly says, you know, I, I'm open to offers. If anyone wants to buy the club, people come in, make an interest, and then all, all of a sudden the deal doesn't go through or he's not ready to sell it. So I've just kind of just I've just had enough of of, of that and you know slightly politically but like he's also got a, um, a position in the count the local council which makes his position at the football club untenable so it's just it's this all goes on behind closed doors so whilst you know there's stuff on the pitch that you know we can blame certain players for shit tackles which result in them getting a red card which result in us you know then losing a game but Systematically, look how red my face is. Sorry on the screen. <laughs> I think I turned into Alan Brazil whilst doing this interview. <laughs> and you know, the, the, these are things that need to happen from 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 the top. And you know, they're not happening. They're not happening and until that does. I think this football club will just stay as it is, and it's just treading treading water. Yeah, there's something rotten in the state of Grimsby by the sounds of it. The fish has gone on. Well, the, the fish is fine, but that's the thing. But then the bloke who owns the club is is amazing at fish. Like he made his millions through selling fish. So I mean, I'm never going to slag his fish off or any fish unless it's cod, bottom feeders. But so, yeah, I just um, I just feel that, you know if, if we want to move into kind of like the next 10, 15, 20 years, we always have a problem with attracting players because geographically we you know we're out on the limb. You know, there are, there are other teams that you could go and play for. Doncaster used to be Scunthorpe until they kind of dropped down. Hull that are really like near us. So if you're, you know, if you're half decent, it's like, well, it's an extra hour on, you know, to the right hand side by the sea. So we, have, we, have, we know we need to make this an attractive proposition. We need to make it great. We've got Ian Holloway here at the moment, um, and I think Ian's, you know, obviously pals with 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 uh, with, with the boss at the top at the moment, but. We just need to change things leadership-wise and just within the company, and it is a company, you know, in order for us to go into the next 20, 30 years, and it doesn't look like it's happening at the moment. And there are people out there that do want to do that. Like, it's, it's, there's 100% there's people out there that want to bring this football club into 2021, 2022, and um, it's just, it's just frustrating, you know, and... You, sorry, I've, I've been rather long for bloody ages now, but you That's see it. In, really you know, so it's it's, it's <laughs> like, like a therapy room. You keep going, mate. It is, yeah. You know, you see it at Spurs, like, talk, you know, how they talk about Daniel Levy, like, oh, he never puts his hand in his pocket, and at Arsenal, it's like, it's, they're all about balancing the books, and they're never about, like, going, you know, for, for, the, for, the, for the title and stuff like that. And so you, do, you are aware that it is, you know, it is, you know, with, with a lot of teams, you know, we're, we're obviously in the same position, obviously not financially. But it is just so disheartening when you can see it and you hear these stories from footballers, you know, from our own captain, our own goalkeeper, who asked for a £50 a week pay rise a few years back and had to fight, had to fight for it. Um, and the decisions are made from this chairman or, you know, uh, majority shareholder. And it's just, it's just baffling. It is absolutely baffling. Bill, is this that's an right. attitude that's, that's shared by you and you think the majority of fans? Uh, I think most people are ready for some kind of leadership change, yeah. I mean, it's been going on for 20 years, so um, 
it just it, it's run a little bit too much like a corner shop that's the problem it's kind of and so these like really obvious things you could do to improve things that actually wouldn't cost very much money at all that they don't do so it's very much like we're, we're playing in Stonehenge every other week. Um, it's very monolithic. It's very old fashioned. This, yeah, it's really frustrating. The public, the way the PR machine works in the club is, is more like Vladimir Putin than a football club. <laughs> it's just, you know, it, it's very frustrating. But I can't be bothered to talk about it. It's just that's the thing. Like you get to to carry on supporting them, you just have to kind of put it out of your head, really, because otherwise you'd give up. Yeah, it is, you know, I, I could rattle on with more detail as to why it's so frustrating. Um, and no matter, you always ask for change and you just hope that someone else comes in and there are people that want to come in, but they're not being let in. And so you just have to go, okay, well, let's just crack on. I think we're the only football club with like the, the you know the, the, the print the tickets the way we do like I think we're the only football league that has like one of those old school kind of like fax machine laser printers like not, not even laser printer what what is it it's like a dot matrix like it's it's the certain like you look in our you go into the football club and the people that work there are absolutely brilliant like they're so good like you go into the office and they're absolutely lovely they're you've know, got bundles and bundles of energy. And they're so lovely, you know, they'll look after you and if you need stuff, oh, you know, they're, they're absolutely amazing. I'm not taking anything away from them, they're brilliant. But some of the tools, the literally the tools that they have to work with, is so, it's so frustrating. And then, you know, there are football, you know, there are, there are footballers. All of our football players have just taken a 25% pay cut before any other football club has done that. Before any other football club has done that. And, you know, the fact that we're not singing and dancing about that. And... Uh, the majority of shareholders just bought a new Aston Martin, I think, which is about 140, 150 grand. So, I mean, that kind of rubs their face in it a little bit, doesn't it? And I know they're two separate things, but it's hard, it's hard when they're aware that he's just bought that and they're going, can I just have an extra 50 quid a week? Is that all right? Because this League One team are interested. And it's like, well, if they are, they are. It's like, oh my God, just don't go for the leather option inside and you can afford to keep that player. Yeah. So, yeah, it's is a sort of warts and all sudden until I die style documentary. Mm. You know, you guys are, are quite sort of influential chaps. Maybe you could, you know, get Netflix on board or Amazon, get behind the scenes and, you know, let them, let them show themselves so, up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if Netflix or Amazon would be interested. I mean, I think we'd be hard pressed to try and convince Dave to do it, to be fair, because I mean, half of it would be comedy. It would be hard, it would be literally, like, people would go, are we watching The Office? What's going on? Like it is, it is, it is that kind of like level. So you said- He's not going to speak to me if he listens to this, but, uh, but just to let you know, he's going to be absolutely fuming. So you said he stepped away now, uh, or he doesn't have the role that he's had sort of previously. So is that kind of positive for the future? Do you want somebody else in? Because I know that Holloway is quite a recent appointment, isn't he? So Holloway, Holloway is a recent appointment, yeah. And Ian Holloway is absolutely brilliant. And the, the, the life that he's brought into that club has been outstanding. You know, the fact that we thought that we could have even, you know, he said two years ago, oh, we're going to get Ian Holloway as your manager. But like, no, we're not. You know, and Ian, Ian has brought into John Fenty, and we, that's absolutely fine. And th their relationship seems to, you know, is working at the moment. But it is frustrating. And, you know, I love Ian. 
I know him briefly through for working from Sky, and he's again like the loveliest man in the world. All the time for you. You could speak to Ian all day. But you just do wonder, you know, is there going to be a, a point where Ian goes, right, I need this, if that's right, John. And John goes, oh, no. And then that's where, you know, then we're back to square one and we're looking for, a, a, you know, a different manager. We've just got to hope that he's given those things. I'm hearing on the grapevine that already, like, you know, certain things at the moment aren't being, you know. Mm. You know so it's, um, he's wondering. Um, he, whilst he has stepped down... Um, as, as as the chair chairman, I think it's still him that's making the monetary decisions, the financial decisions. So that that's worrying. Do you know what I mean? It, you know, there's a there's a chairman in charge at the moment called Philip Day, who's brilliant, really brilliant. And again, another breath of fresh air. You know, he listens to the fans. He puts out brilliant statements, but he's still not majority majority shareholder. And I think that is the big thing. Yeah, that's. I'm conscious that. I don't want either of you to get a banning order from Grimsby. Yeah. So I think we should, we should move on from the ownership. Um, I, li- I like how you assume that if he listens to this, our little podcast, listen yeah. to the Iona Football Club. Maybe oh, mate, he goes, if you are listening, what was his name again? Not mentioning it whatsoever. But like he goes... listening to this, feel free to write in with any feedback and don't mm. forget to subscribe and leave a review. Please do. But he does. He does go on the fishing. He's aware of what people are thinking and saying and stuff. So, you know, he's not. He's not. He's not blind to it. Um, but just obviously very thick skinned So, that, that, yeah. So anyway, anyway. All right. Well, well, let's let's move on to some some on-field injustices then, because like, so I said to you guys before we start recording, we we put something out on the fishy to ask people, you know, what their their biggest ones were, um, and there are a few mentions of. of Sort of handballs in playoff semi-finals. That, that's my. That's my. That's my other one. All right. So let's talk us talk us through the, the worst one of those you've got. Right? So we, we finally got to the um, we got finally got to the playoff finals um, in 2015. Um, and we were playing against Bristol Rovers. Like Bristol Rovers is like you know strong team. Um, you know, you know, we knew. You know, we played well all season. We knew that we had to. To go, we had a really strong team. Just thinking, we had like James McEwen in goal, uh, Magne Pearson, Nasala. Uh, we had part. We had a lad called um, uh, uh, Oh God, what's Palmer's first name called? What's, what's Palmer's first name? Oli Palmer uh, and oh. Lionel John Lewis, Craig Disley, Nathan. Arnold. We had like a decent. We had a, we had we had a strong we had a strong team, and um, we went into the uh, we went into the finals. We scored early. Uh, we scored early. Linnell John Lewis with with a with a, a a lovely goal, and it was it was great. It was absolutely great. And then there's a referee who we cannot stand, like cannot stand, and his name is Ross Joyce. Now, whenever he gets, I think he's now do, is he now doing Premier League games? Um, Bill, do you know? I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I, I have to Google that, but yeah, um, twenty minutes in. Oli Palmer, uh, basically, uh, the, the ball's kind of like lob through to Oli Palmer. Oli Palmer goes down the right-hand side. Then the keeper, his name is Puddy. I can't remember his first name. John. He comes out. Say again? John Puddy, I think. John Puddy. He comes out and he, he's out of his area. And he handballs the ball out of the area. He handballs the ball out of the area, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's going mental. And the referee doesn't send him off. Well, there's hamstring and training in the wind. Now, Tony's come a long way here. 
but basically we'd scored after two minutes to take the lead and this was after about eight or nine minutes so no, just, it would have been basically just, two nil off within the first ten minutes yeah um and he, he didn't he didn't send him off he didn't send him off and we were just like what the f is going on i mean what is going on like we, we just you know it, it would be the perfect start to any kind of like playoff final desperate to get back in the football league and uh, yeah, as, as, as Bill said, you know, we go one up pretty early on. Then their keeper should have been sent off, them sent down to ten men, but it doesn't happen. And we we hold on for a fair whack. They actually con we we concede in the in the second half, and we lose on penalties. So I mean, just so disheartening. So and just just the referee, um, he was interviewed uh, a few days later, and he was quoted as saying he didn't want to spoil the day. Oh, oh, really? For who? For the game. Mm. He thinks that had he done that, it was spoiled the day. And you kind of go, how is that like? You know, it's just it's just fucking mad. Whereas like this season, we play Mansfield, and I think Luke Waterfall got sent off after like three minutes for a, for a dangerous challenge, or like six minutes. You know what I mean? So like, some referees are fine to to do it, but yeah, so. And, and subsequently, whenever he's refereed us, obviously the fans get on his back, which results in then him just not giving us a great, great game. So, yeah, Ross, Ross Joyce, he's, um, whenever the club tweets and say, oh, referee watch, this is who's refereeing us this weekend. Mm -hmm. It's just, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's appalling. How is it? Well, specs Papers, all that lot. So it's um, yeah, but that 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 playoff final was so disheartening. We had such a good team, you know. And I think I probably our heads did drop after after that non sending off, um, and then you know didn't capitalise on any, any chances. The corner that wasn't cleared by Oli Palmer, bless him, well, not bless him. But um, and then they they then scored, um, took its penalties, and yeah, we 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 missed just one penalty. Uh, which resulted in Bristol Rovers going up. And then Bristol Rovers then getting promoted again from League Two into League One um, that next season. So, But yeah, luckily next the season after, we, we went back to Wembley, played Forest Green Rovers, and we won 3-1. And I did cry. So Bill says he doesn't really cry at games, but I was four, four or five rows down or up from my mum. And I was, she just turned around and she said, you're just crying your eyes out. And then one of our friends, when we were celebrating the... Um, when we were celebrating... The anniversary of it the other day, they were like, oh, "I found this photo of you, mate," and it's just me crying at Wembley. It's <laughs> got nine mates just hugging me. So um, yeah, that, I'd say you know that that's my other uh, on-field 
uh, injustice is is that playoff final handball. I'd be interested to say, well, what other what other things did the fishy say? Was there any other? Was it was it mainly that? It's something about a chicken dinner. Somebody chucking a chicken dinner. Yeah, chicken. <laughs> we want to know about chicken. Yeah, we want to know about that. you can have this one. I, well, I, I was living in New York when this happened, so I wasn't there, but it was a game at Luton. Uh, we had this player called Ivano Bonetti, who'd played for Juventus and was a, like a big staring at our star. And uh, he came and played for Grimsby. He was amazing, fantastic player. But he got into a big argument with, um, with our manager at the time, Brian Laws, and Brian Laws threw a plate of chicken sandwiches at him, apparently. Um, and broke his jaw or broke what? What did he break? Was it his jaw? Cheekbone. Yeah. Cheekbone. Right. Okay. Like, there's a, there's a fact. His cheekbones bruised. He's got like a couple of stereo strips and stuff. So yeah, that and that basically ended Bonetti's time at Grimsby. So a lot of people were really up in arms about that. But I, I was living abroad at the time, so it kind of passed me by a little bit. I, it, 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 def, it didn't pass me by at all. I was, I couldn't believe it. So um, I was, we, 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 like, there was this thing. It was like before, like uh, before, like crowdfunders on online that often happen now. I mean, Grimsby are just constantly crowdfunded for stuff to happen. We needed to, was it fifty thousand pounds? We needed to, we needed to, to be you know, like it, it was a, I think he had like a management company. It was a bit like the Tevez situation, yeah, yeah. situation yeah. where. He was, I think he was owned, like there was, a, there was a clause in his contract. So we had to raise £50,000 and there were buckets in pubs. And I remember like the exchange where I was a choir boy at St. James Parish Church. And I remember like they used to do like bucket collections in, in the Eki, like to try and raise money for him to stay. And we raised money and it was amazing the fact that this guy that was just played in these amazing games, I think, was he in the, like, the, not the Champions League? He was like, in the Europa League. He was like, he, he, it was it was insane that we got him. It was absolutely yeah. insane that we, we got him. Um, and then it happened. And I remember then I think it was a Tuesday night, but it was definitely it was an away it was an away game, midweek away game at Luton. I remember like it filtering in the next day or the next two days at school. Do you know what I mean? But like, oh my god, Brian Laws has thrown a plate of chicken at that Bonetti. And then the week after, or the week after that, it was on like they think it's all over. And I used to watch that religiously. Obviously, Nick Hancock hosted it, Lee Hurst, Gary Lineker. And they were talking about it. And, it, it, you know, as I say, like, Grimsby's always been the underdog team. It's always been a bit of a joke. I remember going into, like, Intersport as a kid. And there was a poster on the wall for Umbro. It was, like, uh, th- 3rd of May, 1988. Greatest day of my life. 1-2-0 away at Grimsby. And it's a man in his, like... Um, it was a, a, a picture of a wedding, do you know what I mean? But, you know, so I just remember, like, Grimsby was always, like, the butt of the joke. So for this to come, you know, for them to be talking about Grimsby Town on, like, this huge TV show, it was like, we've arrived, this is it. Um, but at the detriment of an Italian cheek bun. Um, I think I don't think Brian Laws has ever talked about it, has he? Like, he was our manager. I think we had him... We had, did, we have, did we have him twice? I think we had him twice, and he went to Scunthorpe three times. Um, but yeah, I don't think he ever he ever talked about it. But yeah, I wouldn't say that was an injustice. More like gossip, really. It was just <laughs> a great story. Well, maybe the injustice is that we lost Ivano Bonetti as a result. We did look, to, to be fair. That is the injustice, and we lost one arguably. And like, there's a really good account on Twitter on this GTFC day, and he posts videos of stuff that's happened. You know, on this day, 
And the videos of Ivano Benetti. I mean, he scored a few, but geez, the amount of goals he set up, crosses that he whipped in, unbelievable in that lotto kit. But yeah, so I guess the injustice is that we weren't able to 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 keep hold of him. Mm. Um, I don't I don't think he went on to do much other stuff after that. Well, he tried he tried to buy Dundee United or Dundee, didn't he? Do you remember yeah. he had some sort of consortium and he was going to buy Dundee? He, he was his brother or something, wasn't it? So. Yeah, a weird one, a weird one. Were there any more you had, Bill, lined up from sort of yesteryear? Or, or not, not injustices, really. I mean, you know, uh, I remember uh, the most depressing game I went to when we were in non-league was the first or second season after we got relegated. And we it kind of summed up the, that period in non-league for me really of sort of being quite good but not good enough and we were away on a Tuesday night at Absolute United and me and my friend Steve had just arrived and literally we almost from kickoff we'd taken the lead we were like one nil up we literally just saw the goal as we got into the ground and we were getting all excited because when you're Grimsby and you're in non-league, you're expected to win because you're one of the big teams. And that was a bit of a novelty for, for us because we've been used to being the shit team that you expected to lose. You know, we were expected to lose all the time. Um, anyway, we lost 3-1. Um, and it just kind of summed up that first few seasons in non-league for me of just supposedly beating everybody in sight and getting promoted straight away and actually the harsh reality of non-league football kind of smacking you in the face. Uh, and I I that, that summed it up nicely, that game. I remember that day. I remember that game. I remember because it was absolutely, there was no segregation and that was the weirdest thing, going from Football League to non-league and there were just, you just mill around, just, just fans anywhere and you go, what are you like? The last game we played was Grimsby Burton, where after after the fans got arrested, you know what I mean, like it just felt weird that we were just allowed to roam free. Even though I mean, not me, I was using the, the, the food hut. But it, what was just weird was the amount of Ebbsfleet fans just like saying to us, "Going, what are you doing here? Why are you, why are we playing here?" And we're like going, "We don't know, mate." And then we play, we remember at half time, I can't remember the scores, but we just didn't play away, play play well. And the same two old blokes like, Oh, we can see why you're playing you now. We're why we're playing now. Bloody hell, what's happened? Like, oh, we don't really know. I've just remembered of another injustice. Was it Gateshead, semi final? Yeah. The sending Scott, off. Scott Nielsen got sent off. Yeah. yeah. Or, so I can't remember the uh, the Gateshead player's name. But again, we were playing Gateshead. Had Sam Hatton already been sent off, or did he get sent off later on in the, in the game? Oh, but, I can't remember. Yes. But um, basically, yeah, we we, we played we played Gateshead in a in a semi final, and oh, I can't remember the referee's name. Do you know what? If you give me ten seconds, I can actually find it. There's uh, the website Cod Almighty is absolutely bloody brilliant, um, and it's what really every- important is that we out the bloke. Yes, like, everyone has to know his name. Absolutely. Oh, really? Okay, well, then that's fine. If you're going to make terrible decisions, you need to be accountable for them. So, so, so Google his name. Mm. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Um, so, let me just control F. Well, can I ask you guys quickly about, um, uh, uh, about uh, well, I saw on the forum as well that apparently Hitler 
had uh, is sort of suffers the ire of Grimsby fans because you guys were sort of quite successful before just before the war. Yeah, we we had a, the best team we've ever had. Basically, we had yeah. sort of a lot of internationals playing in the team. Um, we were in the first division constantly through the thirties. We got to the semi-finals of the FA Cup twice, uh, and then the war began. And then at the end of the war, we I think the first season back was nineteen forty-eight, the first proper season, and and I think we got a record low points total and got relegated. And, we, and we've never been back since. It was actually the last time we played Manchester United as well. While, while I've been following Grimsby, we've played every team in the country apart from Manchester United. Have we actually? Yeah, yeah. But we've, we've not played Man United since 1948. I don't think you've played Spurs. Yeah, we've played, we've, we've played oh, them twice no. and, beat, and we've beaten them. No, no, no. I don't think that... No, no, no. that's not right. Please do go uh, on. Jean-Paul Kalala scored a goal about 10 minutes before the end. We beat you 1-0. And, and then in 1990, we lost at home 3-0 in the League Cup. Yeah. Um, Lineker scored twice, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, the, the last time we played Spurs, we won 1-0. You recently did not knock us out of the League Cup. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we really yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the war thing's actually interesting because the last episode, um, we had uh, an Everton fan. And he said, you'll never find a more cursed club than Everton because they had two world wars break out that, that destroyed their, their championship winning team. And you will not find any other club that that happened to. And on the very next episode, yeah. by complete, <laughs> coincidence. complete coincidence, we have found the club arguably more fucked over by Adolf Hitler because at least Everton went on to recover and win things. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys have never made it back to the first division. So, so Ted, if you do happen to still be listening, we also we also had a, a Hungarian manager as well I think we were the first English team to appoint a, a foreign manager um, don't ask me his name because I don't know off the top of my head it was a quiz question a few uh, weeks back but um, yeah I mean I, I mean I love I love this club yeah like so much and like those those games where you do beat you know Tottenham you know we were there and I'm Look, not lucky enough, unlucky enough to be mates with Paul Robinson, the um, the keeper for Tottenham at the time, and just always mention it. I always mention it to him. He's like, mate, why are you so obsessed with that game? Why are you so obsessed with that game? He's like, because it was the best game of our life. Like, you, we turned up and they they had uh, Martin Yole was the manager, and we're like, oh, maybe they'll put out a second string team. And the team they put out was like, it was unbelievable. Like Aaron, it was Aaron Lennon's first proper like run out, and we're like, "Oh my god, who's this guy? He's amazing!" But you had like uh, like Robbie Keane, Defoe, Paul Robinson, Ledley King, Staltieri. Like it was on. It was a, it was a proper team, and you weren't messing about. And then for whatever reason, we just managed to hang on, and John Paul coming in with Kalala in the 88th minute scored that absolute beaut from the outside of the box. So. I'm just happy to hear my guests telling a fun anecdote yeah. about what, hearing their team win. You know, it's a lovely, it's a lovely fun anecdote. Jamie's a gooner, so he enjoys these stories very much. So, so did you Google the guy's name? I, want, I don't want to lose. That. <laughs> yeah. got I, I'm, I'm just trying. I can't. Uh, <clears throat> so the, the Grimsby Town fanzine is called Cod Almighty. It's absolutely brilliant. And there's a bloke called Tony Butcher who writes the um, writes the match reports, and they're absolutely amazing. And then I'm just going to read out these two sen- these two paragraphs, and it, it basically says, "And suddenly, Town played with Vim, some 
burst some intensity. Thomas bazoomed down the wing, across, and Lenny lost it. The ball returned and returned again. Nielsen cutting in and cutting out, hubbling and bubbling. Nielsen touched on, danced over a flickering leg, and Baxter welled clear as the chubby charmer arrived and flipped himself with a double twist and piped somersault. Get up, your tart. Nothing happened. Eh? A free kick? Uh-oh. The referee's touching his own button. This can only mean one thing. Red card, red mist, red faces all round, some purpling with rage, others vermilion with venom, and many maroon with madness. <laughs> Out that, that, it, that, they're the Grimsby Town match reports, and they're absolutely bloody amazing. Um, uh, at first, I kind of read them in a kind of Brian Blessed voice. I <laughs> thought he'd look like Brian Blessed. And then I met Tony, and he basically just looked like just any teacher that you've ever met. So... Um, a guy that loves Doctor Who, but yeah, he, so his match reports are amazing. Um, but yeah, so the the, the player um, that I think I just mentioned it then uh, was Baxter um, for, um, for, for for Gateshead, who basically and the replays. It was on BT Sport, I think, at the time, or was it Satanta? I can't remember. Um, the replays, you watched it, and I, Nielsen didn't touch him. Got a red card, and then subsequently we got screwed. And then Sam Hatton did do an absolutely ridiculous flailing challenge in like the 88th minute or something and went we we're down to nine men in the um, playoffs in the final at Gateshead which is the worst place to play because it's basically an athletics like a community athletics track and you're about four miles away from the pitch so um, not that bitter or anything you know what I mean? but you know we're in the football league now so like this is interesting so is it is it because we've had we've had a couple of Premier League fans on, haven't we? We've had QPR sort of be a bit of a yo-yo team, mm. but, you know, a top club. But I get the sense from you guys that there's not actually a massive feeling of of feeling hard done by, but you kind of you sort of accept that you know down the lower leagues, just shit's going to happen, and it's not really worth getting too bitter about. Is that is that a fair assessment, Bill, or am I being really condescending as a Premier League <laughs> football fan? Um, well, uh, let me. Th- well, I think I've seen us relegated nine times uh, while I've been um, supporting them, and we're the most promoted and relegated team in England. So, even though it's frustrating and annoying being a Grimsby fan, it's never ever boring. Um, you know, we haven't stayed in the same division for twenty years like Rochdale did and stuff like that. We're always going somewhere, <laughs> and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's terrible, but it's really never boring. Um, and if you count all of the other seasons where, in the last two games, we had to get a result to either get promoted or get in the playoffs or avoid relegation, it's probably. I think we've been promoted and relegated thirty-one times. Um, <laughs> And if you add all of the other seasons where, you know, on the last game of the season, we had to win or lose, I think it's probably around 45 uh, seasons where we've, we've either been relegated, been promoted, or could have been relegated or could have been promoted. So it's never boring. Yeah. Um, so I never feel like a sense of injustice, particularly. It's just kind of shit happens. Do you know what I mean? It's... Um, you, you, I think your expectations are more modest when you support a team like Grimsby. It's not like being a Liverpool fan or a, an Arsenal fan or whatever, where there's an expectation that you have to do this. And if you're not yeah. in the top five, it's a disaster. I don't ever feel like that. I mean, the only time we did feel aggrieved was going into non-league um, because yeah. we felt that we were better than that. And I think really we are. Uh, but beyond that, I think, you know, our expectations are, are fairly modest. I, I, 
I, someone, I, was, I did an interview uh, last week and someone said, would you rather see England lift the World Cup or Grimsby Town play in the Premier League? And I just, I love Grimsby Town so much, but just the thought of them in the Premier League just doesn't sit well with me. Like, it's a different thing. Like, the old first division may be, but now the Premier League's a different beast. Like, our stadium would not be allowed in the Premier League, for example. Um, but then you look at the likes of Hull, who you wouldn't have envisaged them being in, in the Premier League, and they did. And, you know, I just always see Grimsby as a championship slash league one team. But I've, you know, realistically, you know, in the 20 years I've supported them, they've been more like a league two conference team. But it'd be lovely to see them back kind of in league one, you know, fighting for championship football. Um, a lot has changed since, obviously, you know, we were last in the championship. But, I, I, you know, I, I think there are injustices, but we're, we, just, we just get on with it. But it, just, it would just, uh, as I keep banging on to my old point, it would be nice to have a little a, 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 a change in tide and um, someone else take us out to sea. I think that's, that's quite a nice point mm. to, to leave. Yeah. It summed up nicely, Lloyd. Before we do go, I think we should give you guys, obviously, if there's anything you want to plug or just give you the social media handles or anywhere that listeners can go to to, to see what you're up to. Uh, I'm at DJ History on Twitter, um, Bill underscore Brewster on Instagram, and yeah, whatever. I mean, just Google my name. It's not hard to find me. <laughs> Um, I am uh, Lloyd Griffith, just at Lloyd Griffith uh, on everything, really. Um, as you say, like, I do a little weird football uh, YouTube show every week. Um, and uh, I, uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, that's probably where I'm most, uh, most active. Um, Bill, you still, you still did the podcast, aren't you? The DJ History Shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for 11 years. Yeah, yeah. They're amazing. They're, it's just DJ History on um, on Apple, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, I listen to them. I'd say I don't think I listened to about three or four months, but like, it's great. Uh, it's amazing. Bill's Bill's uh, Bill's podcast. If you, if you're into music, it's great. big. Uh, listen to it in the gym. So like, I'm often sweating whilst I've got Bill in my ears. That's um, not a thought I want to uh, go home with, really. And to be fair, yeah, I mean, it hasn't happened for six months because I've been put on a lot of weight recently. But, um, <laughs> well, on that slightly um, disgusting note, mm. uh, I think let's uh, let's go over. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers, Cheers guys. Cheers. Thank okay, you. Bye. Why Always Us is hosted and produced by James Regal and Jamie Mansell. This funky theme music was written and performed by Morrison Marr, a.k.a. Moss Stones, on SoundCloud. If you've got any comments for the show or just want to share the pain of supporting your team, you can find us on Twitter at WhyAlwaysUsPod or email us on WhyAlwaysUsPod at gmail.com. And of course, please support us by subscribing on your chosen podcast platform and leaving us a rating and review. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Thank you.